0: just it's probably in my blood a little bit like both my parents grew up on farms
1: right okay
0: and like i i mean i didn't grow up on a farm but like my mum and dad my whole life they've always got up at like 5am
2: but you've got that time clock just instilled in you
0: yeah always so like even like the best thing in the world for me was like when when england were playing like cricket in india everyone else over here was like oh man this is brutal like uh, that I'm not seen any of the cricket because it starts at four a.m. Mate, I got I saw every ball. I like, I I had no problem getting out of bed to watch that at four. Like, no worries. Have
2: you were uh, growing up, were your um, were your favourites Henry and Phineas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate.
0: Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars and welcome back to the Wrestling Should Be Fun Podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. This is episode 8, Wrestlemania Week, and I'm your host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. And the best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. I know you hear that tricolon, that triplicate, that power of three every single week. I know you hear it on all of your wrestling podcasts, but guys, it really really, really does help. If you are enjoying what we do, why not leave us a review? But most importantly, why don't you tweet it out? If you found us on Twitter, we've got over 10,000 followers over there. Why don't you tweet out what we're doing here? If you found us on Instagram, fewer than 10,000 followers over there. Maybe you'd like to add this podcast to your Instagram story. Or maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you just want to drop us a line and say hello and tell us that you're actually listening because sometimes, guys, it's a little bit hard to tell. We've got a fantastic show coming up for you today for WrestleMania week. We are gearing up for about, what, 5, 6, 7, 22 days of straight, solid wrestling action from the WWE. We started off with New Japan, and we've got AEW coming up on Wednesday. You'll be hearing this after half of that has happened, but that's okay. I'm coming to you from the past. A little Wayne's World reference. Okay, so let's get into stuff here. We're going to start off with the call-up sheet. Now, a funny story about the call-up sheet. Apparently, I'm the one who came up with that name, but I don't know what it means. I don't think I did. Anyway, it's the shout-out section, and you get a little bit of Eric Prince. What? By the way, are we, like, is that? Did I get that right? Is it called the call up sheet? Because I don't, I don't get it. I did not get part of the joke. Or
2: you were the one that called it that. <laughs> but did I the call up? Like, I feel like, like,
0: because thats what I remembered. Someone told me it was called, and then I was like, I don't get it.
3: Isn't isn't the call up sheet what they what they call basically the guys the list of guys going from NXT to the main roster? It's like the call up sheet.
0: It is now. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the Wrestling Should Be Fun Podcast. This is episode eight, and we're going to start off with the fantastically named call-up sheet. Uh, Ross, who you got for us this week? Who's, who's been listening?
2: Um, yes, yeah, so we've got quite a few this week, so we'll um, tally through them. Uh, first off the mark, we have Rufus the Smart. Again, he's booking himself,
0: isn't
1: he? <laughs> yeah. It's like the genius gimmick, I'm thinking.
2: Yeah,
0: I I, I like I, I like the idea of when people already have their gimmick there that we misread them and let's just call them Toothless Shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, next up we've got the brilliantly named Neil Martin. Yeah, he's oh. not he's not giving us a lot there, is he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anything to work with? with true true.
0: I don't, I don't, it's Truro in, where's Truro? Is that in Italy? Cornwall, right? So it's,
3: yeah, yeah. it's like super southwest, yeah. What about, what about the Cornish paster, Neil Martin? <laughs> <laughs> he's That's
0: gonna definitely
1: go, it. He's going to go on a really long undefeated streak and it's going to be like 37 and Neil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next up, we've got Ben. I'm with AEW from South Carolina. He's going straight to the E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I, someone's going to sign him on Suspicion He's going to the next big thing on Elevation Just sign him to NXT and never
2: use him <laughs> um, Then next up we have Mike Mike, Mike metot from New York well, How do
3: you spell his surname, sorry Ross? M E T O P G. I mean, just yeah, which I, I think you just Mike OTT, surely.
2: <laughs> Love it. Straight yeah. to Ireland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, next up, we've got Mex Metropolis from Indonesia. <laughs> Perfect already. A great name. Just that's actually, a,
1: yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's like one of the ones that's like, that's a great name. Mex Metropolis. That's unreal.
3: No, I, Indonesian cool? heavyweight champion. I, I thought about the rule in wrestling box. if you had a really cool name, you get rebranded and it should be just John Smith. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the Live Morgan argument, right? Giannis
1: yeah, I yeah. yeah.
2: And we've got a friend of the Instagram, of WSBF, Phil Stockford from London.
3: Uh, what's Phil Holt Peugeot doing in the impact zone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I think as, like, the, the one and only follower who gets in touch on the Instagram, I feel like, you know, F- F- Phil needs to be pushed um, from, from that sense as, like, the, the Instagrammer Phil stop of
2: oh, that. Great lad. So he needs, like, a selfie stick like Tyler Breeze.
0: Like Tyler yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: 100%. 100%. Next we've got the Agent 008 from Avengers Tower.
0: This isn't his gimmick, but is is double O eight? Is that a James Bond thing?
2: I assume so, a play on 007. But then uh, he talked about the Avengers, so who knows? Well, uh, well,
3: double O eight is boo backwards, so he must be a face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: great! Very, very good. I see it. the
0: The cool thing about it is. He could um, write his name on a calculator by typing the numbers in and then turning it upside down. Add another eight, and you've got boob.
2: <laughs> Next up, we've got Leon Cooper from, from Parts Unknown.
3: Um, I, I think I think he should be. Um, he doesn't believe in capitalism, and he should be just the same name, but it's pronounced uh, Liam Cooper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like
3: I, lead, I like, I like. Lead centre arm, mm. isn't he, Liam Cooper? Yeah, he is.
0: I like the idea that that he's um, he's about seven foot two. He's an absolute giant. but they call him Liam Mini Cooper.
2: <laughs> That's good. And next up, I'll I'll put them up as a matchup uh, because it's two podcasts up against each other. Pistons pro wrestling fans from Michigan. Against
0: wrestle chats in the UK. Are we, oh, is oh, is this book a bingo? <laughs> <laughs> There's a shrine band called The Chats, and they have this song, and it's their most famous song. And it's just it's called Smoko, and it's just about how they don't want to do any work because they're on Smoko break. So um, I'm gonna oh, just, just just because I'm booking wrestle chats to go over.
3: I mean, WrestleChaps is that the the home country heroes have got to go over, right? It's like standard British Indies from like 2003 bring in the Pistons as like the US big name and then they go over at like the Dis Agricultural Centre to the Chaps. (laughs)
2: Love it.
3: To 35 people. (laughs) Ricky Knight's on the undercard.
2: (laughs) Then we've got the final two. Uh, John Vaughan from Arkansas. (laughs)
3: Apparently, Johnny Vaughn, right, he could, like, he was brilliant at, like, what they call instant counting. So you could put, like, a plate of, like, 45 sausages in front of it and he'd go 45. So he'd always win the
2: raffle. So he'd always win the raffle.
3: Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So why don't we just call him John the sausage counter (laughs) Vaughn?
2: He doesn't. He just comes out and counts things.
0: (laughs) And, and there's, there's definitely, like, there's, like, a, uh, uh, you know, school lunch-themed um, faction here, and his tag team partner's an account called The Bean Counter. <laughs> uh,
2: I take personal offence at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least from the shout-outs from uh, the, the world of social, it's Michael Est from Baden-Württemberg in Germany.
3: I, I think he's got to. I think he's he's going to lose his first name because he's a got to be a WWE wrestler, so he's just going to be S. Just
2: be S. <laughs> yeah, love it. So that's the shout out from the social. Thank you for everyone who uh, who uh, talked to us online earlier today. And um, our last one, of course, is for someone from the group itself, and that's JCH, who did an amazing job over the last few years with his 4 sale university degree. Um, and, he, and he passed with flying colours, getting the best score and a real dictatorian. So a big round of applause to JCH. Shout out to him. And there's also talk that he potentially might be on the podcast soon, talking about CM Punkin up in Ring of Honour.
0: Yeah, the, the, the problem is that guy's never going to get over. Um, <laughs> I think on that... On, on that week, we'll, we'll call the segment, JC Hates His Mates. Mate, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, mate fair, fair play, James. We're all proud of you, buddy. And um, it's, we've also got the wrestling link with Full sale there. So, you know, uh, f- fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Um, anyone been watching some wrestling this week, fellas? Should we do what the nerds are watching? I've been watching you. A la 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 long, long come on.:
1: Yeah, can I go first? because I've literally just watched the uh, New Japan main event. We're uh, everyone up to date on New Japan, or we're out of yeah. territory?: I seen No,
0: it. I actually watched it for a change.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it, but talk away. Okay, so you, you know the result, obviously, I'm presuming at this point, that there's a, another first-time heavyweight champion. Uh, big Willie O and I I did watch the match knowing the result um, and the finishing stretch as always in these matches was great but it, it just left me a little bit cold, I know this is wrestling should be fun but it, I, I'm just really not feeling the New Japan booking it feels too soon again like hot shotting the titles onto these guys for, like their first reign like I went back and had a look because it feels like they've had quite a lot of first time champions recently and They've had five since Okada's lengthy reign. So Omega went over 200 days. Can't argue with that title reign. It would have probably even gone longer, maybe, was he not off. And then since then, Jay white first-time champion, 50-something days. Evil, first-time champion, 40-something days. Ibushi, this title run, didn't reach 100 days again. Like, didn't even get to Dominion, even though it was a big storyline that he'd finally done it. And now they put it on Osprey, and I don't see him holding it for a particularly long time, either like I don't see by G one time Osprey going in as champion. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are going to just put everything on him now with the Empire and everything. So even though the match was again, they can't have a bad match. Those two just get annoyed with the booking of New Japan a lot lately. The, the heavyweight title, regardless of what the belt looks like and it being a new lineage, it's still the heavyweight title, right? It just uh, it just feels like it's popping around a bit too much for my taste. But maybe I'm just being a bit of a Debbie Downer.
3: Well, if, if you think that you're a Debbie Downer, um, I think that New Japan's problems are much deeper at its core than a bit of recent booking. It was actually one of my predictions, if you remember the year. Uh, I thought that people would start cottoning on, like the wrestling public would start cottoning on, that New Japan is way on the down. And I've been seeing things recently on the interweb with like kind of standard commentators who, don't, who are particularly new Japan aficionados jumping on the bandwagon and realising this is this isn't right I, I, and, and yeah they've got loads of shots and booking issues but I think yeah just at its core the product is so stale now I just there's there's always going to be good wrestling but the point the problem is with the wrestling you've got Osprey and Ibushi right two lads that can go having you know but left me cold too and, and a big part of that it, even though it only went 30 minutes just the New Japan main event format, like fucking hell. It's just, it's just dumb. I, I, I'm still interested in Akada wrestling those matches because he wrestles those matches better than anyone ever born. Um, like, and, and but I just think they they need to do something massive. If I was Gado, I'd book it like a kind of a like a fall, well, like a kind of a dying days. Bucking where literally every faction barring the United Empire is just like is just in forgive the pun, but is in chaos. Bring bring Nakamura back, have him and Akada fight over chaos, have bloody have Zack and Suzuki over Suzuki gun, have bring La Sombra in and have him fight with Naito. Have all of the bullet club lads can be fighting over the, the stable. Kenta, Tamatonga, JY, all of them um, and then just evil and just literally have them all just fucking die and then and then literally have a reset maybe keep the United Empire because they're a new, a new stable, bring in some bring in maybe a faction of, a, of young lions or whatever but they need to do, at its core they need to massively change it and not only that, they need to rethink how they book events barring the G1 because they need to work out a fresher format where main event styles are mixed up because I think that Company is fucking. I said it was on the downhill in when we did the first podcast, and it's dropped way lower than I even thought. Then I'm really concerned for it. Have you got anything positive, Ross? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I, Tom, you?
0: Yeah,
2: well, I'll, I'll
0: I'll go just for a bit of a change. Uh, maybe a little bit positive. I I didn't watch the rest of the show. I just watched the main event. I actually, maybe it's just because, like, I still secretly quite like Will Spray and I, I was, I'm not going to come out here and say that I defend him and all his choices or anything like that, but I do still enjoy watching him wrestle. Um, and I was quite glad to see him win the title. I It didn't strike me as, oh, wow, that was too short of a reign from Ibushi. And that was just because it felt to me like, oh, okay, well, they've already got some plans for what Osprey's is going to do that engage me a little bit more than what would have happened if Ibushi did it. Um, it's probably just me because I've always really liked Ibushi, but as soon as he called himself God for some reason, I just didn't enjoy that. Um, and I just haven't enjoyed his title as much as I thought I might have. So I was happy with the choice to go with Osprey, And I actually think that Osprey's main event matches might be a little bit more fresh. Um, that's just so and I'm like I mean I'm not completely positive about New Japan or anything like that but that's just a little bit of a positive spin for me the reason that it was cold for me is because I watched on delay and I had it spoiled Um, but that's not New Japan's fault but I think that I think that that would have been a major major shock to me had I watched it live Um, and I think that would have I think the finish would have been really hot to me if I didn't know what was coming, but because I knew, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, but that's my fault, not theirs.
3: No, I actually was one of the few people that that watched it live, and I, um, yeah, it was it was hot to me, and it popped to me. It definitely did pop me, but then within half an hour, I was like, fuck, that's bad. But yeah, there you go.
0: I guess if you, I guess if you're going to make a guy denounce his long-term like life partner on screen, you probably do have to actually follow through with him and and push him,
2: right? I'm going to go back to something that I talked about with RAW, in that for me, like who, who only really follows New Japan for the past six months or so, just by Twitter, it feels a bit like it's a bit like RAW in terms of nobody's actually watching it, but the few people that are watching it are hating it so much that that just dribbles down. Like, like I'm not watching it. And my feelings on it are like, oh, it's not very good because of what I'm reading from the community of people that are watching it. And th- obviously that's a huge problem. And it's something that Matt predicted a few weeks ago. And as he says, it's taken a lot sooner than he thought it would even. Um, so that's obviously a problem. Um, I didn't watch the match. And it's sad to me because... I was one of Will Ospreay's biggest fans until all the Me Too shit happened. And like thinking back to like the the, like super junior win that he had where he was wearing like the Chris Travis tribute outfit and everything and going over there and being a historical figure and being the first British person to win that tournament. And now he's won the big one and I should be absolutely buzzing for him and like so excited and, Etc. Etc. And I'm just a bit flat on it because of what's happened. And then the one thing that I have seen in the match was the post-match promo where he did the Conor McG- where he did the Connor McGregor promo, kind of word for word. Looked straight into the camera and said, "You know, I've done some bad things, and I want to tell everyone that I apologise to absolutely nobody." And in a similar way to that, I was t- that I talked about in the previous one, where I spoke about Vince McMahon and Trish Stratus, I'm kind of, i kind of going to go back on my thing there, where I just watched that and and I put myself in Pollyanna's shoes, Me too, yeah, I agree, down the camera and saying I don't apologise for anything, and I know he's meaning that for the um, B Priestley angle. But it is like, oh, that's close to
3: the burn, isn't it? Completely, yeah. Spotlight cut. Yeah, exactly my thoughts on that, Ross. Yeah. It, I mean, actually, and the, the additional layer is, it's the most fucking tired wrestling promo ever. Like, oh my God, look, the bait and switch. I'd like to apologise to absolutely no one. Like, fucking hell. Like, if someone did that at, like, on their day one, at their promo class at Full Sail, I'd sack them. So the fact that the world champion's doing it, oh, fucking... I mean, he's—he's, he's, you know, he's—he's he's good at flips. He's not good at talking, is he? But still, someone just saying te- to say something else.
1: And I say you know? for a positive though on New Japan, I will say that um, I'm glad Hanare's got some business now because I think Hanare's great in every time <laughs> he's given an opportunity. I don't know why they're calling him Aaron. That's his real name, Tower. Yeah, but Tower's a better name, right? Tower, yeah, I thought it was. But anyway, look, Aaron. I think Hadnare. it's pronounced A-Aron as well. It's actually... actually on do you market. want to go to War with Black, eh? Well, I think he lo- that's a good addition. Like, I'm glad he's got something to do, because for the last couple of years, he's been having decent 10 to 15-minute matches. I remember one with Beretta on a nothing card that was really good once. And uh, I, I really like him, so I'm glad he's got stuff to do.
3: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. he had a really good match with Ishii, didn't he? And the, um, uh, I'm not sure about the Chono cosplay, though, that he's, like,
0: dressed as. But, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. He's I- a good-looking geezer, <laughs> I thought. Just something really, really quick, 10 seconds of something that I saw this week that I really enjoyed. And um, I haven't seen too many people on the internet mention it, but uh, how about the Pixies on AEW? Yes, mate. Like, mate, I, well, I, I knew it was coming. Like Connolly had told us the other week, I guess. I don't know if that was on air or off air. So I knew it was going to come. But, and then I, I think someone had mentioned, like, oh, that seems like a strange choice. It's not a strange choice, it's the most inspired fucking thing ever, and I loved every second of it no,
3: I mean if I'm gonna be really picky, it'd have been better <laughs> if they got Jane by Jefferson Starship, wouldn't it but um from his indies, but uh, i think I think Tony tried to get it, and he just wasn't able to do it so uh, yeah i mean i'm I'm a an absolutely massive pixies fanboy um, but yeah, so all all. all good.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our main event of the evening. This week's Roundtable sees AW factions, non-wrestling friends and Wrestlemania predictions. This is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Roundtable. Have you ever, ever felt like this? Have strange
1: things happen? Are you going?
0: All right, let's do I it. Like um, and we've got a little bit of a running order here. I think we've got uh, Brummett down to lead us off with some, something about AEW. Yeah, it's just, it, this isn't a, like
3: a, a good or bad thing. Because I, I, I kind of go either way. I think I'm probably mostly bad just because I'm a natural Debbie Downer on this podcast. But I'm just interested to see hear what you guys think about just the, the sheer amount of factions in AEW at the moment. I, I, th- I think I counted off... When- when I thought about this, I think there's a probably about, there's, there's at least, there's double figures. I reckon there's about 12. There's like, well, let, let's do a quick run through. Um, you've got, you've got Dark Order, Team Taz, um, the Nightmare Family, the new Nightmare Family that you've got uh, with QT Marshall, et cetera. Uh, Pinnacle, uh, Inner Circle, um, the, uh, body back-
1: Brand thing.
3: Yeah, 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 Matt Hardy's crew. There's quite a few of them, actually. Death I Triangle,
1: remember.
3: Best yeah. Friends. Yeah, Best Friends. Yeah, there's uh, Jurassic Express. Um, oh, uh, uh, Kenny's faction uh, with Don Callis, et cetera.
1: The, the Dark Boys, which is JD, Drake, and MF, all them lads that on
3: uh, half of yeah, the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were, yeah, pretty, um, they, they, were, they had Peter Avalon, and they were called yeah. for pretty picture or something like that. Yeah. But now I'm not sure if they're calling that. But yeah, that's like, that, and they're probably missing some, but there's like 12, 12 there, Um that were just counted. So um, I guess you had the elite don't count really anymore, do they? But but that's that's twelve is a lot of factions, especially as a bunch of them factions are big. Um, like the it just I don't know, like, but there's there's natural easy booking to stuff like that, and uh, and and obviously as we've we've kind of mentioned before that AW love their six, eight, ten man tag matches, so it's easy to kind of throw something together there. I get really I don't watch any New Japan. <laughs> so to go back on a completely different topic and slack, use chance to slag off New Japan more, but I never watched the first five matches of New Japan cards where they're like three and like six and eight man. One of my favourite matches ever is a six man tag match from All Japan, but I'm I'm un- unless you're that fucking good, I, I I find them a bit boring now, and I'm I think, but you know, overall, I'm probably a bit a bit down on it. But but yeah, I'm, I don't I don't have massive massive strong opinions either way. What about you lads?
1: Um, I reckon I'm, I'm going to
0: uh, sit on the fence for a couple of weeks and see where they're going with things because it feels to – I remember and, you know, um, I'm a Ring of Honor fanboy from the early days and there was a point in time where Ring of Honor used to have what they called chapter points and one of the chapters was Faction Warfare but it kind of fizzled out in the end because people got injured, and then um, I think I think something like Osiris had to, you know, went to TNA or I might have got my timeline wrong, but it all kind of fell apart in the end. And I think Gabe never got a chance to do what he wanted to do with faction warfare. And I think it feels like um, AEW are drawing a little bit on that, and like obviously New Japan where everyone's in a faction except for um, uh, Tanahashi, So what I will say, Brummett, just the the last little bit is I would much rather watch an AEW six man with all the flips and like it's more of a Dragon Gate style six man than the the New Japan six man that just feels like it's just wrestlers coming up for their entrance, hitting their finisher, and then leaving.
1: It's I not agree with you, like, on the, it,
0: yeah. like, I, th- I think that like in, but that, that that's neither here nor there with the faction warfare thing. That's just aw undercard stars trying to get over by you know pulling out all stops on any show whereas you know um is not you know like we have joked about before is gonna bench the drop kick unless he's in a main event you know so um it's yeah that's pretty much it for me so i am that's a long way of me saying that i don't have any strong opinions i want to wait and see where it goes um, and I tell you what, that's 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 telling you some journalism really sitting on the fence all the time. Like this is great podcast content.
2: My comment on the amount of factions in AEW is really, really simple. In that their roster is absolutely huge, and and not not everyone's watching Elevation and Dark. So they've only really got a two hour show, a main two hour show per week. It's not like it's not like WWE where they've got different brands and whatnot um so it's just a simple case of the fact that they've got a huge amount of wrestlers to fill a two-hour show and the best way to utilize all those wrestlers is to stick them in factions because you can use, use so much more storyline and keep it as a narrative driven thing whereas if everyone was a, if there was way more solo stuff people would have to kind of miss a week and or like miss two weeks and people would be a bit like what's happened to that storyline so I think it's just a simple case of the fact that Khan has figured out that the only like the best way to utilize all these wrestlers that he's got on the, on his wrestler on his roster is to put them in factions and create a gang rules 1997 era style booking sheet, which I think is pretty smart.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have any hot takes, I'm afraid either. Like, I think Ross, Ross I probably side more with what Ross has said there in that I'm willing to look on the positives and hope we get some insane big feuds between factions like Inner Circle and a MJF slot. I think will be a pretty decent feud and stuff. They match up well on paper and I just hope there's more of that and they can book it well and entertaining and like, yeah, getting everyone on telly, getting everyone an opportunity. There will be points where some of those factions sort of fizzle out and then maybe new ones are made and And some will fly and sell an absolute shit ton of merch and be really popular. And I think as wrestling fans, there is always that thing of when a groups of groups are together, they do just seem a bit cooler than, I mean, you could argue Austin obviously is the coolest wrestler ever and that was the opposite of that. But generally, I think factions are more interesting and and the stories that can be created from them tend to be better. I'd My only one thing that I would say now is I don't want the cards to just be filled, like the pay-per-view cards, because that's where I mainly watch AEW. I watch the odd weekly Dynamite. But I don't want the pay-per-views to just be like the last one where there's hardly any real singles matches and it's all big groups of people, triple threats or battle royals. Like, I still want the the end goal to be big singles feuds or big tag team feuds rather than big factions consistently feuding? Well,
0: the, the interesting part about that, God Man, is like you're always going to have different wrestlers. Where there, There's probably going to be some factions where you'll you'll see wrestlers in there and you'll go, well, they're being wasted in that faction. For example, I feel like, um, I, you know, uh, what are LX called? Uh, Proud and Powerful that kind of wasted in the circle. But then if you go and have a look at, let's say, QT Marshall's new faction, whatever they're going to be called, well, you know, their whole is far, far greater than the sum of the parts. Like, I wasn't interested in any of those guys on their own. I don't even know who the other three guys are called, right? Whereas, like, now that they're kind of with QT Marshall and they're going to wrestle Cody, well, like, even if I've got 5% more interest, than what I had in those four guys on their own or in the Nightmare Family before. At least, you know, like zero plus five equals five rather than just I didn't I didn't care at all earlier. So, there, there, you know, there will be some people who come out of it and you go, wow, that's a great move for them and their career and their exposure. But then the problem with factions is there's always going to be great people who just are being hidden behind a Chris Jericho or an MJF or whatever it might be.
3: I've got a bit of a counterintuitive take on that. I think as long as it's for a short term, I think being wasted in a group is a good thing because then what happens? It gets the eyes on you and be like, all right, fucking those guys are good, but they're doing fucking nothing there. I want to see them do something. And then when you get the payoff of them moving out of the group, the fans are more behind them because of the, you could actually say because of the bad booking in the first place of, of burying them in a faction that they shouldn't be in or, or being underused in the faction. That actually, in the weird modern way that wrestling fandom works, that's actually a good thing, as long as it's short-term enough that you can you can flip them at the right time or make the move at the right time. So maybe that's another thing with having all these factions. It, you, you do get... It will highlight people and say, oh, which you wouldn't have maybe necessarily seen before, but you say know they're in there and they actually are better than that let's 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 do something with them and that that could be like tony's approach as well using this thing to getting all these people on tv to as as matt's kind of touched on to like have a bit of a sink and swim approach My, my as a tangent to that you know as i was bitching a few a few podcasts ago about too many gimmick matches i think in wrestling too much of anything is a bad thing and i think you know new japan too much of great main event wrestling has become a bad thing as mental as that sound and i think too many factions <laughs> are fundamentally probably a bad thing too because you know you want you wrestling is like like you know variety is the spice of life and it is with wrestling you want you want mixed things you just don't want shit loads of, of faction matches so we'll see
0: that's yeah yeah <laughs> Good, good points all round. Like, I, 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 I hadn't thought about that, but like, yeah, you, 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 do get the benefit of wrestlers maybe not being overexposed in that situation. Um, I also, I like the idea of like, you know, Vince McMahon sitting in an office going, "AEW doing factions, let's break up the Hurt business." <laughs>
1: um,
0: so you know. and
2: every
1: tag team that they have <laughs> apart from, yeah. well, even the New Day got stripped of a member, so. <laughs>
0: Let's get those Australian girls. They're never going to make it together. (laughs) So, mate, I've got something completely different. This is the, maybe the one non-topical, um, idea for our round table this week. I saw it a quick one. I was trying to think about things that when I mention I'm a wrestling fan to non wrestling fans. Like what are some of the things that they always reply immediately with? Um, I've I've got a couple in mind that I hear a lot, but I'm going to let you guys speak first and and see if you guys have had the same experiences as me. What do wrestling What do non wrestling fans say to you when you tell them you're a wrestling fan?
2: I'll go first. Um, I'm I'm actually somewhat smart with when I tell people that I like wrestling. I've, <laughs> I don't tell people that I like wrestling unless I know that they're going to be somewhat reciprocative to it. <laughs> um I don't know if if that's the same for you guys at the age that we're at now. Um but if I ha- but like if it gets outed in like a work Zoom meeting or something by someone that knows that I like wrestling the people that will just be like oh my god do you still watch that it is, is is Hulk Hogan still in it? Is The Rock still in it? Etc. Etc. It's, I don't really get the kind of, uh, the kind of, what's the word? The kind of like um, cocky kind of answers really. I don't know whether it's just because I don't wear it on my sleeve and I don't bite that people don't particularly say that sort of stuff. The worst sort of stuff that I get is just kind of like, how can you watch it when you know it's not, real that's the thing that i get from people that watch mma for example um that that just that that just don't get wrestling and why you would watch it when there's a real sport version of men on men and women on women uh, combat i guess um but i don't get any kind of like you know funny kind of stuff anymore like i definitely got it when i was smaller and i was a bit more wearing it on the heart on my sleeve when I would be wearing a DX t-shirt every single day of my life. <laughs> um, particularly my grandparents on my, uh, sorry, my uncle and auntie on my mother's side, they were just like, this is shite. <laughs> and I'd, every single time that I'd go to their house, I'd bring like a VHS of WrestleMania 9 or something. It's probably not the best pay-per-view t-shirt. <laughs> 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 but yeah, as an adult, I don't really get those things. Um, The closest that I get to it, like I say, is uh, MMA fans saying just like, how can you watch it when you know it's not real? I don't know about you guys.
3: I think there's a segue from that, Ross. I think the, um, yeah, I think rather than getting the, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not real. I think people, well, because the people I would let know, rather than people that are wrestling fans, but the people that, Probably wouldn't say that because I'm like you. I'm I keep it closeted, <laughs> generally. Um, and then, but yeah, rather than that, they're, they're actually interested. So they they get that it's obvious. It's obviously well, they obviously get that it's fake. But they're interested, like oh, so how how choreographed exactly are the matches? And then I'll be like, well, you know, it, it's different based on whatever, and give them, it. and they're actually genuinely interested in that. They won't be interested about any of the actual particular wrestlers or feud, but the whole mechanics of it. I found that they are actually quite interested in. Um, but yeah, I think so. That's actually quite positive in a way. I do get the The, the exact one that you said, Ross is that uh, is X still in it? Is a standard one, which the one that I seem to get most if it ever comes up is is Kane still in it? Like
1: Kane, and
3: they're all from all these people from Knox County, on it, but I, I just yeah, just quite strange that like, that's the one. I think the only the net the more negative stuff that I get, I get. Is, is rather than on the offensive, but is on the defensive from my mates. So if, if they talk about like Love Island or you know, Big Bang Theory or something that I think is like culturally dire and I make fun of them for it, their natural response is, oh yeah, but yeah, but you like wrestling so you can't comment on it, which is a completely fair comment. But then I, rather than like taking it on the chin because I'm a child, will be like, oh, well, yeah, but I don't watch the stuff you're talking about. I only watch like early 90s cool Jap- Japanese stuff. And it makes me look, it, way more of a loser. Than the of just, like, yeah, no, that's 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 fair. So, but that's that's just my own personality defect rather than anything.
2: My big question from that um, monologue from you, Bram, is what is what is the re- it, what is the reaction of um, people when you tell them that Kane is now a mayor? <laughs> <laughs> they the, uh, they think I'm talking about
3: in in the story. So right. No, he's <laughs> no, he's still Kane in the story. When he comes back, but in real life, he's a He's like a <laughs> horrible Republican mayor. Like doesn't believe in like the government or whatever. And they're like, "That wow!" And that is actually an interesting, interesting start. So yeah, they am also really excited to find out he's originally from Spain as well.
1: Yeah, it's a good little nugget that one. <laughs> I am. Um, I find it quite a positive experience when I'm. I'm the sort of person that. My jean jacket that I wear most days has a Car and wild badge on it. <laughs> um, I wear wrestling tops quite regularly, although I haven't bought any for a while because of not being at shows and stuff. Um, but I would wear, like, I've wore, like, Jinder Mahal, Elias, the uh, Braun Strowman tops out. And people have asked me what that is, and I would just explain that it's a wrestling top. Generally, people, like, they just want to tell you when they watched it and why it's not as good now as when they watched it when they were 10. So then start talking about, like you say, Kane, is a good example with younger people, I tend to think it, they always want to talk about the boogeyman um, and how the boogeyman was brilliant. <laughs> uh, or a generation before that would be You're like, expecting "Oh, expecting you to say that." Yeah, like because I've got a few friends who are like in their sort of mid to late twenties, and they're just like, "Oh, I remember the boogeyman. Yeah, he was he was great." um And then older people, it'll be like, "Oh, I remember Warrior and Hogan." And then just want to tell you how much they loved it and, like I say, how great it was then. And then generally, it's been quite positive. I mean, I've not encountered too many people that have said you know it's fake I think maybe I'm a bit past that now or or I just don't know the sort of people or haven't had the misfortune of interacting with them people but all of my mates like in my friendship group me and John basically tried to convert them all to wrestling and have slowly done got it to the point where they at least care about Wrestlemania now so we've got quite lucky with uh, bullying people into liking the things we like so uh, I don't tend to get much stick
0: which is good I wasn't really expecting this to be kind of like I'm um, talking about when people ask you if it's fake or not, you know, like I, I was expecting it to be a lot more lighthearted than mental, like common things, but um, it's gone down a far more interesting route than what my original question like, was kind of getting at. Like Ross, what
2: were you going to say before I cut you off there? Sorry, mate. I, I was just going to say that like, for example, my mum watched EastEnders from like 85 to like 2000 and I don't, I don't know, four or and that's just, and that's a soap pro soap opera and people say that wrestling is a soap opera but like she would never say like oh i, I, will, I like like it, like if she met someone that really likes EastEnders now she would never say like oh i grew out of that years ago why are you watching that like that is weird <laughs> <laughs> <just saying> it. <laughs> there's a there's, I... a there's
3: a lot of uh, like comparison isn't there between like triple h's and, and uh, nasty nicks reign of terror <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, um That's got straight out of my head, which is interesting because the first thing I wanted to talk about was, like, the different, I find the difference, maybe it's just because I'm older, maybe it's not actually a cultural thing, but I find that just people in the UK in general are far, far, like, more kinder on, like, weird, campy interests. So, like, pe- like people in Australia will not watch snooker or darts or wrestling, you know, like... It's just like it's whereas the UK kind of it's almost like everyone's sort of kind of been on the joke or something. Like I just like I don't know, people are way more kinder to niche interests, I find in, in the UK. Maybe it's just London, I don't know. But so what what I often get like now as an adult. I, I very rarely get anything about oh you know it's fake right same for the same reasons you guys said um but and maybe often because I make fun of myself before I get to that conversation um you know I'll often just say like someone will say oh you like wrestling and I'll say something like yeah I know I can't believe I've got a girlfriend and like so, like I'll often just make jokes like that but like some of the um, brummet you talked about oh it's Kane in it I get that a lot. But people don't say, oh, it's Kane in it. People say, hey, didn't The Undertaker used to have a brother? Like, what, what was his name again? I get that one a lot. Um, people people always, for some reason, people always ask me about Mankind and the Hell in a Cell. I get that a lot. Like, who was that guy in the mask that fell off the steel mesh? Like, I get I get that quite a lot. Um the the one, I, I always get, someone will go, oh, um, in the UK, people go, oh, you mean like Big Daddy? And I, I don't even know who Big Daddy is because I grew up in Australia. Like, and, and then people, and then someone will always in the room, someone will always go, oh, do you know who your name Shirley. Shirley? Wow, um, yeah. No, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but it's weird, like. People in the UK know that fact. is like a fact that everyone knows. It's like the order of King Henry VIII's wife's deaths. Everyone knows over here, and everyone knows Big Daddy's real name. I
3: say, Dom, how long was it before you realised they weren't talking about Walter?
0: The, 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 the last thing that stood out to me, I'm just, doing, I'm just running down all your guys' ideas here now, but when Ross was like, oh, um, maybe I'm a bit smart with how I conceal that I'm a wrestling fan, my best example of that was every time I'd talk to someone on Tinder. Like this is years ago now. Obviously, I've had a girlfriend for quite a while, but um, and they'd, they'd be like, "Oh, I'd be, they'd be like, Oh, what are you up to today?'" And I'd always be like, oh, "I'll go to a show," and they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, what, 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 music?" I'd be like, "Oh, no, nah, not music. Just like performance, uh, like a live show. Um, I'm most, i mostly just going <laughs> for the beer and and <laughs> just to see my mates,
1: just the performance. I Wouldn't like it." I don't know,
0: I, I was just, I didn't know if people had the same experience as me, so that's that's opened my eyes a little bit, and it's gone off way longer than what I thought. So uh, let's get to Con Man for some real wrestling, if
1: he's yeah. ready. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good to go. Um, so mine is, again, it'll even be brief for two hours, but um, just a bit of Mania chat, really. Obviously, it's uh, the biggest show of the year, and it's this weekend, and I just wondered uh, if anyone was you know particularly looking forward to it, Particularly not looking forward to it, Brum probably, um, <laughs> uh, or just anything really about uh, you know the card, um, the fact that fans are going to be there. I haven't really got a, a direction for this, but um, Dom, positivity. Yeah, you, you 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 must be feeling mania. You still watch the weekly product, right? I, I, do, I, I
0: have done until the Mania build-up. I've been a bit slack the last couple of weeks, but that doesn't stop me from being a little bit excited. I mean, I, I am excited for Mania. I'm excited for NXT. Um, I You know, like, until I see fans actually in a stadium, I think that won't quite settle in. But there's a, there's a couple of things about that that will be really important to me. It, it's almost like another sign of, like, hey, maybe us... In, In the uk will be next you know maybe we can go to heroes in the summer maybe i can go to lords and watch some cricket if fucking if the wwe can put people in a stadium in america surely we can do it here at some point so like that that's the first positive thing that comes to mind but i i like i'm trying to think about um what i'm looking forward to the most with mania um i would say that last year was like a really sad mania for me because we were in full lockdown. I watched both nights on my own. There were no fans there. And I had to put my hand up and I just, I got like properly written off, like drunk, like, you know, drinking my sorrows of not being with my friends for WrestleMania. And I'm just looking forward to actually like, you know, watching it this year with like almost like a refreshed uh, lens on to be like, well, this is a positive thing. There's going to be people there. Um, where there's there's lots for us to look forward to as wrestling fans. This could be maybe a watershed moment of looking forward to some positivity. And you know what? I'm really excited for Cesaro having a match on the main card. And when he hits Seth Rollins with the UFO, I'm going to go absolutely fucking mental and take my hop off.
3: Um, I, I think I think I'll let uh, I'll let Ross main event this one because I'm definitely not not the right person to be doing it. Um, I am, um, I'm going to, before, obviously I was um- umming and ahhing about watching, if I'm going to watch it. Um, I looked at, on the um, www.wikipedia.org today, um, at, just to see the card. Um I, I'm going to watch night two, and I think I'm going to watch Cesaro versus Seth from, uh, from night one. Is that, uh, who's, I pres- I think from what I'm trying to, is Seth still a heel, right? And is Cesaro a face now? Is that, is that what's going on? That's a nice dynamic. That, that'll that be good. So I'll watch that. Um, I'll probably just, just fast forward the rest of it to see what's going on, just so I can chat about it next week with you, lads. But I won't watch any matches, um, I don't think, off night one. Uh, but night two, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. This is absolutely top wrestling podcast stuff. <laughs> but I remember seeing a few, like, there's the triple threat match and whatever, and the the women's match, and there's a few bits on there that I thought, oh, this looks pretty good. Uh, and it's a, it's a, a Steen Eriko as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, on night two, so. and Logan
1: Paul's there, so obviously it's it's going to be even better than it would have been with just them two. Yeah, is- yes, so I watch it,
3: which is which is quite positive for me. They've obviously done something to to get me excited. Putting a putting Brian in the main event is always gonna is always gonna get my attention. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually. Um, I think I said this before the Royal Rumble. I, when I'm because I'm not watch because I because I'm not watching WWE, like it's not it's not like a, a toll on me. So it's like this is something I'm actually looking forward to. Like so, even if the show's shit, I won't really mind because like just seeing the glitziness of Mania and like, as Dom touched on, people in uh, people in stadiums and and watching some of my some of my favorite wrestlers, I'm so I'm quite looking forward to it.
0: I've said this a hundred times before, but maybe not on record on the podcast, but. As uh, especially for me, and then for Brum, probably second, and a couple other guys who maybe watched a little bit of independent wrestling back in the early 2000s. Like, if you had come to me in 2010 and said, Hey, you're going to have at WrestleMania, Tyler Black versus Claudio Castagnoli. You're going to have Kevin Steen versus El Generico. You like who who else on that? You're going to have the American Dragon Brian Danielson in the main event to try to win his what fifth world title against Edge and The Rock's cousin. Do you know like I like it just would have absolutely blown my brain. Like because I like because I was so bought into this idea of Ring of Honor versus the world. Fuck WWE, they hate us. Triple H is the worst. And now it's just Uncle Uncle Paul who's putting over all my like childhood boys on the big show, you know? I absolutely love it, mate. And like I think sometimes. It's important for me, just and maybe, you know, one or two of the people listening to this as well might feel the same as me. I think sometimes it's important for us to remind ourselves, hey, like let's take a step back and have a look at the WWE is trying to give us good wrestling. They're trying to. Doesn't always work. And we've talked about those problems in previous weeks. But you know what? What else could they have done for me from 2010 than sign my ten favorite wrestlers? You know, like They've they've smashed it. Samoa Joe's on commentary for fuck's sake. Anyway, that's it from me. W- uh,
3: would would Dom? Would you have uh, preferred um, RVD versus Ian Bell?
0: That's gonna that's gonna happen at the Hall of Fame. Roscoe, you looking forward to Mania?
2: Very much so, and not just Mania as well. The whole week, I'm pretty buzzed for. I've got um, Thursday, Friday, and Monday all booked off work. I'm buzzing for the the NXT card. I think the NST card in particular looks absolutely stacked. Um, you can pick any match out out of those matches and make a reason for why that's going to be match of the night. Um, and I'm, of course, as NST UK's only one fan, I'm I'm pretty excited about Prelude as well. Um, you've got eight. Um, you've got Bate against Dar in a Heritage Cup match, which which will be amazing. And then you've got Volta against Rampage Brown. So. What a week of wrestling for little old Ross. Um, absolutely buzzing for it. Hopefully we're going to do some kind of watch along as as a group of mates. And uh, Dom, Dom will be, be happy drunk rather than sad drunk. And uh, we're all going to have a lovely time.
0: So Walter's doing double duty then? Walter's doing, he's doing UK as well as the normal NXT.
2: Yeah. Or um, Champer. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he If
1: he pulls it off.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, it's got uh, that uh, that match. Obviously, is going to suffer from the same thing that the Devlin um, Trent Seven match did, where you kind of know know the result going in, which is a bit of a shame. But Brown versus Rampage in progress was absolutely brilliant. Both both matches previous. So even knowing the result, I'm going to enjoy it. I think. I thought that their interview segment, sorry to jump back to what the nerds are watching, but
3: I really like their face-off interview segment on NXT UK. Um, Just the cadence of how they spoke, it felt more like just two kind of professional wrestlers kind of talking about their match and kind of bigging themselves up to each other rather than the usual like standard wrestler cadence um, interview segments, which I hate. So it was
1: good. If we're um, slightly segwaying off, because I think we've covered mania, it's going to be good uh, at base level, and there might be some great moments. And the matches you guys have highlighted, I agree with, would be great. Um, I, there was three matches I picked because there's a load of GCW and independent shows that are still going ahead for some reason. <laughs> and I just uh, mentioned a few of the matches that caught my eye. On them, uh, Moxley v Barnett in a blood at Bloodsport is probably going to be great. Um, there's a show and I can't remember the name of it where uh, Loki and Leo Rush are going at it, which will probably be great. And uh, one for Dom at Spring Break, uh, Ricky Shane Page and Nick Gage, probably be a few weapons yeah. and a bit of blood. And that's,
0: and like I mean, I, I I don't follow as closely as I might do, but I think that like that's. That's had like a two-year build. Like Ricky Shane Page has been running away from Gage for a very long time with that title. Like at one point, like maybe my favorite like snippet of wrestling in the last couple of years was when Ricky Shane Page like ran across the border to Canada so Gage couldn't get into the country to try to fight him. <laughs> Like that—that's because obviously his parole, like he didn't want to blow his parole. Like that's unbelievable stuff from Ricky Shane Page. Any, uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be really, really good. Like, run. Has anyone got like a big prediction for the week? Um, I think some people. So I'm I'm sticking with uh, Cesaro does the UFO.
2: That's my prediction.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with that uh, Walter's beating <laughs> <laughs> Um
2: I'm going to go with uh, Drew loses against. Lashley with the help of the new hurt business member Keith Lee.
1: And I'll say that uh it's not as hot as Ross's take. I think Fiend and Orton will be great spooky bollocks. <laughs> I think it's gonna be like last year with the um the two matches, the two cinematic matches that everyone was surprised were really good. I'm hoping they can reach them standards again, whether it's cinematic or a strode match. I'm hopeful.
0: Kevin Owens gonna jump off something. <laughs> Jump off Logan Paul. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to make a prediction that I accidentally call Logan Paul J Paul 17 times before the end of the week. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic stuff. Let's keep it moving here, lads. Uh, Ross, you, you're bringing up the, the, fourth, the fourth slot.
2: Yeah, the, the mystery slot this week. Um, as we are about to have the Hall of Fame tomorrow night, I thought we'd have a little conversation about who you think would be in the wrestling should be fun hall of fame basically fun wrestlers um obviously the standard bearer is santos jr after he came out on top of the world cup of wrestling fun tournament um last year um sadly now retired hopefully he'll be back at some point because he's a wrestler and these and retirements are bullshit uh, <laughs> um he's obviously your standard bearer for wrestling should be fun um absolutely brilliant wrestler for those that, that uh, don't know him um he was part of the anti-fun police um as a, a cop um that was anti-fun but seriously the most fun live wrestler that I can remember seeing so much fun um handguns um a Spanish accent <laughs> um brilliant brilliant comedy wrestler. Um, Sadly missed. Um, hopefully he's back soon. Uh, so so he's our Andre the Giant, and he's our first into the Wrestling Should Be Fun Hall of Fame. And let's hear some more nominees.
0: I've got two. I... Oh, um... So sometimes I think like we, we do every now and then on the Twitter and the Instagram we get the Misconception that wrestling should be fun Means that wrestling should always be Funny that's not exactly what it means Right it's more just about trying To maintain a positive outlook on Wrestling and that's meant to be a good time With that being said I'm going to give two Probably comedy wrestlers um, And my two That would have to go in and I don't want to videos, But they have to be Colt Banner And the session moth Martina they'd be my two um, on the first ballot straight in, two of my favourite wrestlers of all time um, and they've both been lovely people when I met them as well
3: As Matt's the the most fun member of the group, I'll let him finish this up um, I'm going to go with as obviously I am the I feel really bad being on this podcast because I'm the antithesis of wrestling should be fun. I go on 15 minute monologues about why slight bits of wrestling production ruins everything. But um, no, so I'm going to go with what I think is comfortably the funniest wrestler of all time, Bill Goldberg. No, um, I'm going to, I'm going to get, this is, I genuinely believe this. I think the funniest wrestler of all time is Billy Kay. I think she's, Incredible, like actually, her comedic timing is stuff like that I laugh at. Not in a, you know, there's stuff that's like a wrestling laugh that way. Like if it was in another show, I'd be like, this isn't funny. But because it's wrestling, I like have a, a lower bar. Um, live stuff, I will. It's different. Like Santos is a great example. Ross and, and his the tag match with um, with Walter and stuff was so so brilliant. But but in terms of on TV, I think Billy Kay is the only, actually maybe the only funny person in wrestling. But she's so so good. Like the whole Hey Kayla stuff and and all that things is actually genuinely good comedy. And so she'd be my my first
2: balloter for me. So if she makes the mania card with Carmilla as a tag team partner, is that one match that you won't skip?
3: Um, I've, I don't really have any interest in a, in a in a wrestling. If there's if the, if the, if she's in a backstage segment with Kayla Braxton, is she still employed by the company? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to watch that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll watch that go on Broadway sixty minutes.
1: <laughs> I'll put uh I'll put Yano in because he's great and he Yano, I raise you your Billy Pay is the only funny wrestler and, and throw Yano in for the, the Charlie Chaplin esque way he wins matches, keeps hold of that King of Pro wrestling uh award. And yeah, I just I'll never get bored of watching Yano. Go through the G1 having five-minute entertaining matches every night. Such a good palate cleanser. When I go, oh, I've got to watch four matches of all the best wrestlers, but first some silly bollocks. And um, I, 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 just,
3: I think yeah. I think Billy Kay could do the job of doing roll-ups on big star wrestlers that they can that they need to protect. Mm. <laughs> That's I yano can be. like you know in like basically when you see the bracket that yano's in you can pick up the three or four guys he's going to be and
1: they're the three or four top guys in the yeah game. it's the way of protecting them that they lose to yeah. the stupidest wrestler yeah. um <laughs> only in wrestling but yeah yano be mine i i'm always entertained if he's on the card i'm always happy because i know it will be a little breather um in a good way because i won't have to concentrate on all the small nuances of the submission moves. I can just watch him tape someone to a ring post and win by count-out. It's great.
2: So we've got Santos, Billy Kay, Yano, Cabana, and Seshimov. That's one hell of a dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) No,
3: no, fuck this, Ross. We can't let Dom get away with that bullshit. Man up and pick one. Yeah, I, I'm oh, gonna. Way, I know that you shouldn't tell people to man up, but I was referring to the 2005 ROH pay per view, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I I think because it, I, I'm not. Sessionworth is funnier than Cabana, but because it's a Hall of Fame, Cabana was on the cutting edge. Man, he's got to go in, and. Um, I mean, I, I can't believe that Connolly didn't say Chris Jericho. I know Brummer's Ted's going to explode because he hates him. But Chris Jericho is funny, man, and yeah, he's been I, funny for thirty years.
1: I think I brought this up in the group and, before. Like, I don't know if he's wrestling funny though. But I, I do agree he's funny.
3: That, that, that'd be that be my agreement. I, I think he's I think he's wrestling funny, but I don't think he's real life funny.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, next year we should just do all Kiwis on the ballot because uh, that just—that's a funny culture, like that. Yeah. Um. Sh- shout out to shout out to TK Cooper. All right. Let's keep it moving here. Um. Love that from you, Ross. Really, really good topic. Guys, I reckon. What time is it? We we're, uh, we're over an hour. We better get to the to the book of bingo, fellas, eh? B I N G O and bingo was his name. Oh. This is Booker Bingo. Great. What have we got here? All right. That is working. Can you see that, lads? Yeah. Yep.
3: Right. Uh, do you want me to zoom in a little bit? or is that all right?
0: No. no I can I
2: can zoom in. That's cool.
3: Right. So in the future, you've got a little... Um, you can edit this out, Dom, because it's just a how-to for you guys, rather than doing the the thing which people have had issue with. You see the are you ready? If you just change that to Booker Bingo... You will get the the matches for today.
1: <laughs> um,
3: this isn't pre-done. You can you can play around with this, uh, but yeah. So for for obviously, as this is an audio podcast, um, the, the lads left at Booker Bingo today, which is Animal versus Charlie Hoss.
0: I. So I, I was—I don't want to go first. I was too busy thinking about how I'm going to explain the dead time of, of your incredible spreadsheet here. Um, I—you know what—I will go first, right? I'm going to book a—I'm—I'm I'm going to book a serious match. We always do comedy, funny stuff, right? I'm thinking about how I'm going to book Road Warrior Animal versus Charlie Haas. Um, I reckon there is something here where I can book. Charlie Haas, um, who is wrestling uh, lots of tag team wrestlers but in singles matches because he's trying to uh, honour the tragic passing of his brother, Russ. Right, and Russ and Charlie were tipped to be a huge, huge tag team in wrestling. Um, they were going to the WWE development system, and and Russ tragically passed away. So, and that's why Charlie Haas always had Russ on his uh, wrist tape. If you didn't know that story, and I think Charlie Haas he's um, he's working a lot of tag team wrestlers, but in singles matches. And it's under the premise of this is all for Russ. I should have been a tag team champion, but instead I've got to um, work singles matches. But I can beat any tag team wrestler in a singles match because I'm fighting for my brother. Out comes Animal, and Animal says, well, I'm wrestling uh, for the tribute of my late tag team partner who tragically passed away in Hawk. And they have an absolute banging match. It's lovely. There's wet eyes everywhere in the room. I don't know how it could happen, but it's perfect wrestling emotion. Um, and let's say they go to tag team matches, only have a 30-minute uh, time limit, even though it's a singles match, and they go to a time limit draw, 30 minutes, under the premise of um, we are going to honour the passing of all great wrestlers who are taken too soon. Um, and I reckon it should be done in OVW for some reason because that's where Russ and Charlie did their best work.
2: Um, I'll go next. Um, I, was, I was having a little think about it when uh, those two strange names came up against each other, and I think I'm going to go down the route of the um, – similar to when um, Road Warrior Hawk went to Japan and had a new partner, I'm going to book it in the um, animal – Rather than going with Heidenreich at the time in SmackDown, um, he uh, he takes um, Charlie Haas as his tag team partner, and he's simply known as Road Warrior Haas. And he's playing along with the character. He's doled up with the face paint, and he looks great. Um, and obviously, he's a tag team specialist when he was with Benjamin, so he's widely thought of has a good tag team wrestler, and that's and that's why animal s- spotted him wants him as part of the road warrior uh name and they um get to the point where where they have a tag team championship match on smackdown and unfortunately animal misses the doomsday um drops drops his opponent because he's had a neck injury during the match and Haas comes off the top rope misses the their clothesline and they and they lose the match. And at that point, that's when Haas turns on Animal and um, actually force his, his hand down his throat and pukes over Animal and says, your style of tag team wrestling makes me puke and Puke was the best road warrior. And the crowd go wild and they boo him and it's a massive disrespect. And Haas then is a singles wrestler again. He's back in the singlet and he's a wrestler. And he's trying to say that the road warrior style is just smash and grab. And it's not real wrestling. And he, and he goes out there week in, week out, proving that he's a technical wrestler, um, winning in, in, in matches with the bridge normally. Um, and then finally, Animal is back from his injury and he's had enough. And it's smash mouth versus technical wrestling. And it's Haas with um, Benjamin back in his corner, and Animal by himself with his Road Warrior. Um, uh, what are they called? Spikes on, and he and uh, the match then happens, and it's Smash Mouth style. Haas trying to make it technical, but he just cannot get hold of Animal. Um, it, it, can't make the space from him and uh Animal's beating him down and eventually Animal wins um with the uh clothesline off the top, something that he failed to t- to do in the previous match, and the crowd go banana and animal has his send-off from SmackDown in a nice way.
1: Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna compete. There's some good shouts there. I'm so glad I went third. I still didn't have an idea when Ross started. Okay, here we go. Um so as <laughs> If I am to believe the dirt sheets, those are raw viewing figures. They dropped to me, they've they not been as strong as they were during the attitude era. That doesn't exist anymore on the Peacock network. Um, So now they've (laughs) got to do something to boost things and get it all started again. So they, they revive last year's uh, legends night. And I like that tonight is legends night. And not only are the legends going to turn up in a backstage segment and say hello to Bruce Pritchard or whatever they did last year, this year they're actually going to wrestle. And we're going to have uh, two random people from this Tombola that are going to come out and going to have a little wrestling match later tonight. So Scrap Iron's there. He's, he's panicking. He goes through. First name out is Animal. The second name out is Charlie Haas. So these two legends are going later tonight. But they're, they're not happy enough with that being the, uh, the sole stipulation, just two legends. So something has to be on the line here. Now, am I right in thinking Animal is in the Hall of Fame as a road warrior?
2: Think so, yeah. Right, that's good.
1: So the the rule is the Animals Hall of Fame ring will be removed from him if he loses the match, and Charlie Haas will never be able to go in the Hall of Fame, or his former tag team partner Shelton Benjamin. Neither of them will ever be allowed in the Hall of Fame if he loses. So the stakes are high in this one. So there's two backstage segments. Firstly, Animal doing his makeup in a mirror, and uh. John Laurinaitis comes up and he's like, listen, you can't embarrass the family. You've got to win this one tonight because you are a Hall of Famer. And if you're not in there anymore, we're done. We're, we're no longer brothers. I'm right in thinking they're shoot brothers, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. good. Yes, that it's would, gone on. That would have gone wrong if they weren't, right? Why would John Laurinaitis care if they weren't? So he's embarrassed. He wants the family name to be held good. Then Shelton Benjamin's backstage. He's like, listen, Charlie, I know you might have some ring rust. You're facing essentially a pensioner but you better not lose because I want to get in that Hall of Fame one day. It's all I came back for a couple of years ago. I've been, yeah, I won a tag title with Cedric, but it wasn't the same as when we won it. I want us going in as the world's greatest tag team one day. I want Kurt to induct us. And if you fuck this up tonight, I'll never forgive you, Charlie. So the main event of Raw now has huge high stakes on it. It's Animal defending the honour of his family and his Hall of Fame ring against Charlie Haas, who's basically doing it for Shelton Benjamin, as well as himself, in the future. And because of that, they they just go all out. There's a double count-out, and the Scrap Iron comes down. He goes, no, 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 we can't have that. This is now a, a no-DQ match. There's no count-outs. There's nothing. And Raw goes all A-W on it. They have a load of blood. Both of them bleed all over the place. Shelton comes out. Laurinaitis comes out. Eventually, they're uh, the winner of the match is Charlie House. He's the new guy. We've got to put him over. Um, and uh, because the match is so great, a week later, Scrap Iron comes out and he goes, listen, Animal did give everything. We can't actually rescind his Hall of, hall of Fame place, which the internet hate because they like uh, continuity in their storytelling. But both guys are over and are ready to have another run in the Fed.
3: <laughs> so that's a, another another cracking cracking effort. Uh, lads on Booker Bingo. Um, I, I, th- I thought Dom's story was lovely. However, it's just a bit too X Factor for me. I don't mean um, X Box <laughs> stable. Just incredible and but just a bit too a bit too a bit too. Oh yeah, you know I'm doing it for this person. Uh, you know sometimes you've just got to you, you, you can't get yourself over um, based on the memory of a dead friend or brother. So I think Dom just misses out for for that for my dead heart. Um, uh, I love that Ross has gone the r- route of historical fiction. Uh, I'm a big fan of the genre, and I think using it in Book of Bingo could be interesting. What instead of taking taking out something that happened and uh, and, and mixing it up. Um, but I think, and again, it's the third slot that wins it. But for me, I was was all over commands I, I love. I can already picture the shooting of the scene of the. Uh, of the of of animal doing the makeup and the and and big match uh, John coming in the real big match John uh, coming in behind him and, and having that moment I think I'm a and, and I love the bit about the, that that is a really heavy step and something that people get their teeth into and everyone loves a Tombola um, which uh, <laughs> uh, uh, which are uh, you from the call up list uh, John. Uh, John, the sausage counter Vaughn. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, but yeah, e- excellent quality, lads. But yeah, Comman gets it and he get, gets the
1: spreadsheet. At, I've won, I'm going third there. I've, I've lucked out, but I'll take it.
2: <laughs> that was a solid effort all round, I thought.
1: Yeah. Tough yeah.
2: Charlie Harson Animal got some great angles. <laughs> 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 that, they they, they, they were
0: coward. Yeah, they, they all would have been the best things that Charlie Haas said it did.
1: Can I also uh, add in that at the same time as my match is going on, on AEW, uh, Tony Schiavone claims that that's really going to put bums in seats. <laughs> just add that in, just to put the cherry on the cake.
3: Oh, sorry, sorry Con, Con, have lost now, Ross, with <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just thinking then about like how weird wrestling is about like the Lauridas family. And then, like Johnny Ace is also married to like the Bella's mum, right? So like, imagine the idea of like n- you know Nikki Bella's half uncle is Road Warrior Animal. <laughs> yeah, like that's like that's a proper wrestling family.
3: Uh, by the way, Dom, I think the official term for a half uncle
0: is a uncle. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Alright scholars, there we have it. Episode 8 in the books. It's WrestleMania week. So thank you very much for your time. Matthew Brummett, Ross Casey and Matt Connolly. Congratulations Connolly on your book of bingo win. And thank you most of all to you dear listener. We hope to see you again next Friday. Before then though, make sure you enjoy WrestleMania weekend. Make sure you enjoy or have already enjoyed NXT, AEW, Progress, whatever else you're going to watch this weekend. Try to be happy drunk and not sad drunk in the pandemic for a WrestleMania. And most importantly, don't forget, drink lots of water. Look after your mates.